Hello, and welcome to Planet Crimes. This is your host, Ellen Earhart. This is a two-part episode that explores the question, do plants have rights? And if someone violates those rights, what happens to them? On this podcast, we've talked a lot about laws that protect individual plants. For example, you may have caught the episode about how the people stealing living rock cactuses out of Big Bend faced six months in prison and $125,000 in fines under the Endangered Species Act and the Lacey Act. But the biggest risk to most species aren't poachers. They're climate change and habitat fragmentation. Punishing individual people for crimes on this scale becomes murkier. But maybe it's possible. Whether Bolsonaro will be put in jail at the end of the day is definitely not what drives us as priority number one. Perhaps in front of the International Criminal Court, known as the Court of Last Resort, which has historically tried individuals for genocide, crimes against humanity, war crimes, and crimes of aggression. Maybe we could add massive plant habitat destruction, often called ecocide, to that list. So what is the ICC? According to its own website, the International Criminal Court investigates and, where warranted, tries individuals charged with the gravest crimes of concern to the international community. Genocide, war crimes, crimes against humanity, and the crime of aggression. When I think of an international court, I think of chief Nazi propagandist Ermin Goering laughing cockily in his blue suit at the Nuremberg trials, but that is an outdated image. While the Nazi trials after the Second World War were certainly part of the history of international courts in general, the ICC as it exists now was established in 2002. The court in The Hague so far has mostly investigated people from countries in Africa, which of course has led to accusation of racism and bias, because white people can commit war crimes too. But so far, that's what we've got. The ICC deals with crimes against humanity. Our species relies on plants, so you could define massive habitat destruction or runaway climate change as a crime against humanity. I, personally, would love to shred the shackles of our human myopia and embrace other species as deserving of rights. But right now, that seems a couple years off. And so, in December 2021, an Austrian environmental justice nonprofit called All Rise filed an official complaint against the Brazilian president, Jair Bolsonaro, for crimes against humanity because of the intentional destruction of the Amazon rainforest. And I am delighted to introduce the founder of All Rise. So, my name is Johannes Wesemann. I'm the founder and initiator of Austrian Registered All Rise. And my pronouns is he and him. And so you started as an entrepreneur, right? So what made you decide to found All Rise and take that journey? Yeah, entrepreneur for all my life, more or less. I think, as usual, there was a personal incident and obviously you remember in 2019 all screens were full of the burning amazon and i was not aware of the situation as it was back then and as it is today and i just got so irritated and it's one of these moments where you then decide do i just nod and say damn poor them and then play tennis again or 
let's do something. And I just said, no, it's, it's enough. Uh, and I went to my lawyer, a good friend, very much in experience with litigation. And I said, I want to sue Bolsonaro. I have no idea how we're going to do that, but I want to do that. And sort of, I had a very, I behaved like a 15 years old, pretty much, you know, very much, you know, angry, etc. But obviously, when we then started to think about all that, we became mature, which was very important. And that was the beginning of all this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You got to start with those feelings. So I was going to ask why you chose this case, but you kind of just answered that, right? So you had this case in mind when you started All Rise, is that correct? I had no idea what this is all about. I just thought this guy is behaving like I don't want somebody to behave like that. And we know he is partly at least responsible. So let's just make him accountable. That, that's it. But obviously what this is all about is it has a much bigger story than Bolsonaro because he's, he's gone one day, going to be replaced by somebody. The big point is fighting the climate change which will very much happen in courts. And, and why? Because we need clear, non-negotiable results. Right? We need to understand what to do and what not to do. And those decisions, those sort of laws, etc., you know, they won't be introduced by the politicians for whatever reasons, without you know doing any political bashing or politic bashing. We need the courts to do that. And for us, that means, and us means us as a civil society the lawmakers and also the politicians, we need to test existing laws, whether they are sufficient to meet a climate crisis. As you know yourself, the laws which guide us as a society are years old, decades old, and partly centuries old. They were not made or developed to meet a climate crisis. They had other purposes in mind. So we need to understand, we know what we have. Is it sufficient or not? If it's not sufficient, we need to change the laws. If it's sufficient, we need to make use of it. And that's sort of what the, the overall big picture is. And coming back to the fact that I'm an entrepreneur and not a lawyer or no, an academic or a climatologist, I know very well that, but at the end of the day, I need to tell a story. I understood from the beginning, if I start that project together with a team, as important it will be to run a campaign to bring in the public into the ring as a stakeholder on eye level. So I need to tell them something. I need to convince them that this story is something should not only listen to, but should have keep listening and sort of stay on board for the whole duration. And we all know it takes months and years to be successful in that sort of litigation space. Is that why you chose the ICC? Is that for that storytelling aspect? Like no, you, okay. no, no, no. no. So the ICC is the court of last resort. It's international law. It's not only about the local impact, the local impact of deforestation on indigenous communities, on civil society, which is, you know, tragic. But it's also about us as global citizens, because the impact on a global level, meaning the climate, is enormous. So obviously, in light of that, we have chosen the ICC as the court of last resort um, to pitch that. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And what other organizations are you working on with this case? You're in Austria, right? I'm sure you're working with Brazilians. Various big organizations, which you know are in its core mission, very successful, but they sort of liked, obviously, the idea to challenge a head of state for the purpose of proving, and this is something that 
in absence of an environmental crime, an ecocide, in the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court, the idea of using crimes against humanity, meaning existing law, is a very interesting approach. So they joined um, sort of an international basis. On a national basis, meaning in Brazil, and you mentioned those uh, one of those questions you sent over, there uh, is uh, Observatorio do Clima, or Climate Observatory, and they're one of the biggest climate umbrella NGOs in Brazil. They have about 73 members, organizations in the backyard supporting their work. And we were very much focusing on onboarding this organization, which we successfully did. And then obviously we have a, a lot of other Reporter Brazil and other organizations which are either visible or they supported us in terms of content intelligence to build that case. With my other sources so far, I've talked a lot about ecocide, and that's not one of the four crimes that the ICC deals with right now. And so you are filing a complaint of crimes against humanity. What are your thoughts around ecocide, and why did you choose to go with crimes against humanity instead of trying to make a new category of crime? That we have the ICC, the International Criminal Court, is a great luxury of civil society, that's for sure. It's based on the Rome Statute. The Rome Statute defines four crimes, which is uh, genocide, war crimes, crimes against aggression, crimes against humanity, not ecocide. So there is there are various organizations. The spearhead is an organization called Stop Ecocide, based in the UK. They're trying for years now to add a fifth crime to the Rome Statute, which is obviously called ecocide. I said from the beginning, not being a lawyer, but I said we have two choices. Either we wait for a fifth crime to be amended into the Rome Statute, which will take years and years, but we have the problem today already in front of our doorsteps. So or we use an existing crime to challenge that situation. So it's a very obvious move to say we're not waiting years and years, we want to act now because we have a problem now, so we use existing crimes against humanity. That's the prime thought behind it. At the end of the day, it's all about finding a legal avenue to challenge our person, an individual, a company. And the crimes against humanity is a very doable way because the climate crisis is caused by humans. Crimes against humanity is a very interesting approach to challenge those wrong decisions. So obvious move from our side. So let's say that your organization is completely successful, then what would happen? So it's a very difficult process, the whole uh, international criminal courts. Just to give you a brief explanation, uh, you, me, we can submit a criminal complaint to the ICC. The ICC will then say yes or no, meaning no, we'll reject our case, or yes, you're going to be moved in the second level, which is a preliminary examination. Then if that's done successfully, next level is an investigation. And if that sort of turns out to be successful, then the ICC prosecutes Bolsonaro. That sort of foresees the, the procedure, the procedure. What this is all about, the president is, does crimes against humanity, is that sufficient to hold somebody account who intentionally destroys the environment? If yes, then obviously that will be a deterrent for other people because they all know what happened to Bolsonaro can also happen to me or to our organization. That's a key impact. Whether Bolsonaro will be put in jail at the end of the day is definitely not what drives us as priority number one. It might happen, 
and then it would be a good ending. But at the end of the day, it's all about building precedents for other cases. And there are a lot of other initiatives being planned or already underway. And it's all about having those precedents you can refer to. So this is our prime focus. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And there's criticisms about the ICC from the scientists and ethicists that I've talked to. So there was a worry that the corporations and governments that have been mainly responsible for climate change will not be punished in the same way. I'm sure y'all have thought about this. What is your response to that? Well, I fully agree. Very easy. Uh, whatever you heard from, from whoever uh, is, is absolutely right. Um, but we have the ISIS. That is a landmark jurisdiction, and we need to be very proud to have that, despite all its weaknesses. The major weaknesses of the ICC is its history. It's a very young court. We know the ICC primarily for prosecutions against African former presidents or despots. The main problem of the ICC is that it only prosecutes individuals, no companies, no governments. So it's not a question to the global west, global north, global south. It's just that's their sort of Rome statute. The statute defines we can only prosecute, we meaning the ICC, individuals. So talking about companies, corporates, etc., the ICC will never be competent jurisdiction, but we have other jurisdictions in place within the European Union, national jurisdictions. Yes, great weakness for the ICC, but I have alternative jurisdictions, courts, which I can make use of. And that's, I think, what we all have to do, whoever is in that space. Defining the right perpetrator, finding the right jurisdictions, the right court, a right legal avenue, the science which is in place, combine that and make a case. What are your hopes going forward? I completely shifted my professional life. I stopped everything I did and 100% focus on this one here. And the reason is, as I said in the beginning, I think we need to build further pressure. The best way to do that, for me at least, and me and my team, is taking the law at the core of our project. And it's one of various instruments. Others will go on demonstrations. They're various instruments. They're always all needed. You know, all these instruments are needed. But my focus is on the courts. And I strongly believe in a sentence which was said by a guy called Philip Sands, who is a very interesting English lawyer and also one of the major drivers of this Stop Ecocide initiative. And he once said, nothing sharpens our attentions than the fear of going to jail. And at the end, he's so right. Yeah? Um, so if we challenge companies, governments, or people on an individual basis, meaning we know what you did and we can prove it yeah? and we can sort of teach to, to court, this is exactly, I think, the best way of building change of um, behavior. So that's why my 100% focus is on that. And I think we are doing pretty fine. We have a very interesting set of new cases ahead of us. And it always follows the same methodology, building a legal avenue, science, and doing a good campaign to onboard the public on that very topic. What Allraise is doing is really cool and very important. But to be honest, this still isn't incredibly satisfying. The Exxon executives who studied the climate crisis almost 50 years ago, and then spent millions of dollars spreading misinformation about it, walk around free and rich. In fact, one spoke at my brother's engineering graduation ceremony. 
I think of something Luigi Daniela, senior lecturer of international humanitarian law and international criminal law at Nottingham Trent University and Nottingham Law School, told me about the weaknesses of the ICC. An international criminal justice that so far has been tendentially affecting prosecuting the crimes of citizens of less powerful state in the international arena, but has failed to date, for me at least, to pursue accountability for perpetrators of powerful states of the international arena, the risk is that it will produce unequal consequences. We know that the biggest polluters, at least the interests of the biggest polluters are Western, private and corporate interests. Although in many cases, delocalization and environmentally harmful productions are located in developing countries. So my concern would be that should not be the developing world to pay the consequences of this attention. All this can get very discouraging, but one part of my interview with Wesseman made me feel okay for a second, so that's what we're going to end on. How do you feel now that you have changed careers completely and made this your project for your life? Do you feel satisfied? I'm 51 years old, and I have to say that I've never been happier in my professional life. And of course, if you get your probably half as, as old as I am, but the older you get, that's the sort of the normal development. You always look for this big word purpose. And and I think very, very strongly, and I'm definitely not an, an activist or something. I'm a normal human being. I think we should all use our talents to contribute something to fighting climate change. And if my contribution is building such projects, building teams, running around and collecting money, if that makes the impact, well, fine. And if my kids want to go on the streets and go for demonstrations, fantastic, I'll support it. So we should also use our capabilities and it does make me very happy. Our next episode will be about a new type of crime, ecocide. Ecocide is the destruction of the natural environment by deliberate or negligent human action. As hard as it is not to put ourselves at the center of things, ecocide is really about the rights of plants and wildlife and the ecosystems themselves. We hear from Natalia Green, consultant for the rights of nature with the Pachamama Alliance and one of the leaders for the Global Alliance for the Rights of Nature in Ecuador. People are not questioning any longer if nature should have rights they're actually starting to question their governments of why nature is not recognized as a rights-bearing entity in their constitutions or in their laws. This is Alan Earhart, and you can find me on all the socials. I started a monthly newsletter called Tiny Gardens. If you like plant crimes, you'll probably like it. Thanks to Yoram and Tegan from the podcast Plants and Pipettes and Judith from flora.l.design for giving this a first listen and edit. And thank you to Nikki Wong for the plant crimes art. Thanks for listening.